York City, Santa's elves are terrorists. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. I'm here to help you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Well, you're going to hear stuff today that the mainstream media ain't telling. Uh, in fact, uh, I was going to be talking about, and I will be talking about, the terrorist who uh, let off an explosive in the Port Authority this past week. And we'll get into all of that and some interesting developments. But um, what the mainstream media isn't telling you is that he was just the first of many. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> there has been a campaign, you know, people that the, um, this terror attack was in the news, maybe for a, <laughs> if you blinked, you missed it. And that is the problem with the mainstream media in regard to terrorism in many different ways. And what they have left out is the plot that ISIS has been hatching for weeks and putting out into their media, the media that, um, the official media for ISIS has been mounting a really well-constructed advertising campaign, if I do have to say so, very clever, uh, Madison Avenue type, for, to bring terrorists to New York City to terrorize the city during the holidays. So in other words, the Port Authority terrorist, that wasn't a one-off. That wasn't something that came and he only injured five people. He didn't kill anybody. I mean, only, you know, and the, and the injuries were relatively minor. So that was all great. The person who was injured the most was himself, which is poetic justice. But it's not over. He was, in fact, we, could, we might even think uh, it might have started with the Halloween terrorist, but he seems to have, uh, it's not clear whether he actually would have seen or whether the ISIS campaign to bring terrorists into uh, New York for Christmas would have started by then. So let's just say it's, it's kind of more likely that the Port Authority terrorist was actually one of the Christmas terrorists. And in fact... Um, he has admitted that he chose the spot where he detonated his improvised um, uh, d device at a Christmas poster in the passageway between the Port Authority and Times Square. So let's, before I get into his attack, and some uh, new developments in regard to that. Let me just continue on this mainstream media not telling you the truth theme. They haven't been telling you. I mean, chances are that you don't know all of the details of this uh, plot that they have to bring terrorists in for the holidays. And um, one of the most sort of uh, effective and outrageous parts of their plot is a poster that they have been advertising on the internet to um, get followers, to attract lone wolves. And it is a picture of Santa Claus. His back is to us. He's facing Times Square. And it's dark. It's evening. And um, 
which is significant because uh, even though the poster says, we meet at Christmas in New York, dot, 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 soon. So, of course, that is leading one to believe that the terrorists are going to be, you know, are, are especially being attracted to come to New York for Christmas. But um, since this, this picture shows Santa Claus at night in Times Square, you know, the whole nine yards with all the billboards lit up, and it looks like New Year's Eve. It looks like well, what we watch where the ball goes down and the, there's entertainment and it goes on for hours until, uh, until it is actually uh, midnight. And um, so, so it's a double entendre, the picture. And it's really implying, you know, that they don't just want, ISIS doesn't just want terrorists to come to New York for Christmas. They want them to stay there and continue the attacks till New Year's. Now, Santa Claus has his back to us. He's carrying a big red bag. And next to the big red bag, uh, that implies that there are not just toys in the bag. There is a wooden crate that says, Danger, Explosives, Dynamite. So you don't have to be uh, <laughs> a rocket scientist to know what this means. And in fact, the message has been getting across, uh, just like it did to the man who bombed the passageway between the Port Authority and Times Square. Um, now, his name is Akayed Ula. He's 27. And he has admitted that he was inspired by ISIS. Of course, ISIS hasn't claimed um, responsibility for this attack because they're a little embarrassed by ULA uh, because they like their terrorists, to, especially their suicide bombers, to die or to escape, but not to be captured. And they also like their suicide bombers to kill and or injure many more people. So he's kind of an embarrassment, so they haven't claimed responsibility for them. But um, there, this uh, poster, this photo of Santa Claus has been here around for weeks and in fact was what inspired um, Ula. Now, they are not just, ISIS is not just uh, calling for terrorists to come to New York. They're also calling for them to come to major European cities like London and Paris. They have another image that targets Queen Elizabeth II. They have another image that targets the Vatican. They were working very hard. <laughs> they had little elves working in the ISIS advertising agency to get all of these posters out weeks before the holidays. Now, uh, why is this a concern? You know, should you be concerned? I guess the main thing that you might want to be concerned about is that um, the media isn't warning you about it. And that is a whole pattern that we have been seeing and that I really want to alert you to. There is a phenomenon in the media, mainstream media, that uh, states that, you know, call it, they would say that it's because they don't want to cause mass hysteria by making the terrorist threat seem as dangerous, as threatening, as imminent as it is. Um, but really, it is colluding. The media is colluding with us in our denial of terrorism by pretending there isn't this threat. You know, right now I'm talking about the threat uh, 
uh, for the holidays, but other threats. That, as you know, whenever some kind of a, an incident happens, it takes forever for them to admit that this could be a terrorist-related attack. Now, we've seen other examples of the media downplaying the threat of terrorism. One that really disturbed me this past year was the anniversary of 9-11. Now, the media uh, portrayal, the media coverage of the anniversary of 9-11 this year focused almost 100% to the extent that it actually was even in the media, which each year gets less and less, but to the extent that it was in the media, it focused almost 100% on honoring the victims, the um, people who died in the World Trade Center and in the other sites of 9-11 and the first responders who died. Um, and, and that's the way it certainly should be. And obviously we, we need to honor these people every uh, anniversary. But there was practically no mention of terrorism or terrorists. One would have thought that there were just two pilots who got lost, who happened to um, run their planes into the World Trade Center and into the Pentagon, another lost pilot. Um, and, you know, of course, then the one that the, the passengers um, stopped from attacking what we think was meant for the White House. You know, these were just lost pilots, <laughs> confused pilots, right? Well, you know, by not mentioning that all these people who were honoring on 9-11 were killed by terrorists, that defeats the whole point. They would want to be honored and remembered as their, in order for their death to be meaningful. We need to recognize that it was due to terrorism, and we need to fortify ourselves, building resilience in ourselves, and fortifying all the other defenses that our country can muster. I don't mean just I don't mean weapons only. I mean, you know, um, things in place, plans, uh, immigration, uh, being more careful. You know, the, the um, ULA, the Port Authority bomber, um, came in from cha by chain immigration. Actually, the chain, meaning his family members, called uh, in one after the other after the other. And the chain was begun by one of the family members winning a lottery. So all of this needs to be uh, much more carefully scrutinized, and people need to be let in who are safe. Now, um, another example of uh, the media playing downplaying the threat of terrorism is the Halloween uh, attack, because that was out of the media, out of the headlines, three days after it was it happened in most mainstream media. Now, really, we, we, you know, we, of course we don't want to think about this. It was horrible. Um, I've, it, 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 you know, it, uh, the fact that it was near schools, the fact that the driver uh, crashed into a bus of, of school children, and so on. There were lots of things, the fact that there were people killed as well as injured. There were lots of things that made this that a horrendous attack. And there it is, you know, we don't want to think about it, and so the media doesn't talk about it <laughs> for very long. And one of the things that is just was appalling, still is appalling to me, and I hope it will be appalling to you, is 
that the principal of one of the schools that was right near that attack, which was near ground zero, which makes it all the more um, psychologically uh, you know, triggering of PTSD, uh, she gave an interview to the media and talked about how she and her teachers were going to be looking at the kids to make sure that they didn't have any um, signs of psychological distress and so on, but they, she was not going to use the word terrorism. Really? What are you going to call it? A guy who lost control of his car because he was drunk? I mean, kids need to understand uh, what terrorism is all about. And at the end of this, I'll, I'll give you a, um, tell you how to get a hold of my book that I wrote just for this very purpose of helping kids to understand as early as possible um, what terrorism is all about and so that they're not more trouble than they already are by hearing about it. Now, getting back to the terror attack of the Port Authority, um, the the uh, Ula, he has a wife, um, he had a wife in, uh, back, who he was, it was an arranged marriage, and um, the investigators have been asking her about him, and of course she's saying that she didn't know anything about it. Let me just give you some of the particulars of this um, attack just to, to remind you or to let you know of, of uh, some of the details. Akayed Ula, again, 27 years old, from Bangladesh, came in on this, these immigrant immigration mistakes, one after the other. He detonated a device made of a battery, wires, metal screws, and a Christmas tree light bulb. I love that part. You know, to uh, just in case there were any questions as to this being connected to Christmas, he had a Christmas tree light bulb in it. Um, he he said that he um, built the this device when he was working at an electrical job, and um, and that he he just recently he's been saying that he wasn't fired from that job that uh, that he had finished building what he needed to build, although he also built it at home. I guess he took some of the, uh, some of the materials. In any case, he, he went into the station, and um, he, he lives in Brooklyn, lived in Brooklyn with some of his family. He didn't have, now this was unusual, he didn't have a criminal record so far that they've been able to find, either in the United States or in Bangladesh, so he was not on a watch list which um, many, uh, if not most, of the terrorists are. And he um, was doing this electrical work with his brother. His family lived in the apartment building that he lived in. Now, he, he said that he began becoming radicalized in 2014, and he began researching how to build an improvised explosive device in 2016. He began collecting the necessary items two or three weeks ago, and then he built the bomb in his home a week ago. There are, there are reports that sort of differ about whether he built it at work or at his home. But, and he also worked as a, uh, he had a license to drive a taxi and limousine, and uh, it wasn't renewed, and that history is still being investigated, you know, who he worked for, whether he worked doing that, and so on. He and his wife have a 
uh, child who is uh, almost one year old, and um, which always boggles my mind because when these terrorists and their wives, you know, and again, I, <laughs> these wives know a lot more about what their terrorist husband is planning than they admit. But in any case, it always boggles my mind that they are, have no compassion uh, for their child and don't care that either one or both parents won't be around to bring the child up. Uh, what happened was when he detonated his device, it didn't completely explode, which is why there were only five people who received minor injuries and were treated in local hospitals. They were released um, soon after they were brought there. So that's the positive thing. Um, now, then we, have, uh, then we have Governor Cuomo, who was quoted as saying, despite this morning's terrible incident, New Yorkers went about their lives unafraid, undeterred, and more united than ever before. We will not allow this to disrupt us. <laughs> uh, really, New Yorkers went about unafraid, undeterred, and more united. Uh, they may have been, you know, presenting in that way, but I can assure you that it made uh, a lot of New Yorkers uneasy about, um, about the attack and about whether there was going to be any more that day, you know, um, as have, has happened in past locations sometimes. Um, then his family, Ula's family, had the nerve to be angry. They put out a, um, a release through CARE, Council on American Islamic Relations, saying they're heartbroken by the attack and outraged by law enforcement officials during the investigation. Today we have seen our children as young as four years old, held out in the cold, detained as their parents were questioned. One teenage relative was pulled out of high school classes and interrogated without a lawyer, without his parents. These are not the actions that we expect from our justice system, and we hope to see better in the days and weeks to come. Now, if that isn't nerve, I don't know what is. Um, their relative just blew up or tried to blow up, tried to kill uh, a lot more people. Uh, and injure a lot more people, and they're disturbed by how the investigation went on. And it had to go on in that kind of way, um, a quick way, because we've already had instances where there were more people, relatives and friends, involved in uh, plotting attacks and attacks that would then go off the same day or very soon. So they had to quickly uh, investigate and talk to the family members. Um, what else? Cause there's so, there, you know, there is so much that, oh, <laughs> this, you know, that you just have to kind of shake your head. Um, apparently, again, this is sort of typical of terrorists. They call someone. Now, he thought he was going to die. So he called his wife. And we've seen this before where the terrorists, right before they go on their mission, to blow themselves up, blow up something where they think they're going to die, they call their family. And um, so he called his wife, and his wife said uh, he never mentioned radicalization or planning these types of activities. She was surprised to find out what her husband did, despite speaking to him 
30 minutes before the attack, 30 minutes before the attack, he gave his wife no indication whatsoever that he was planning on blowing himself and as many other people up as possible. So, um, they, of course, there are investigators um, in his, in, in Bangladesh, and, you know, they are questioning not only his wife, but people there, um, other people associated with this terrorist as well. So, what, you know, um, what is, what is key besides, besides learning about this particular terrorist, what is key is to understand how you need to do some research on your own. It was only through doing lots of research about this terrorist and about that attack that I came upon uh, this information about ISIS having made this campaign to uh, recruit terrorists to come to New York City to make it, and, you know, as I said, and Paris and London and so on, but to these major cities um, to make this Christmas, this holiday season, worse than all of the other ones. Now, you know that we had, we've had attacks on the Christmas holidays before. We had the one in the Berlin market where a terrorist rammed his truck into the crowd. We had the attack um, in, in, Cal in San Bernardino in California where the couple attacked the Christmas party. I mean, this is not really new, but the only thing that's new is that ISIS seems to want to do this in a much greater, uh, have a much greater impact by, you know, not just leaving it to lone wolves who might decide on their own to make attacks during the holidays because of what they've seen and so on. And in fact, this terrorist, Ula, the Port Authority terrorist, said that he was also inspired by the Halloween terrorist. I mean, this is, this is a phenomenon that we have seen before, the copycat terrorist. One lone wolf sees another lone wolf getting all this attention and not dying, you know? Um, I mean, that the Halloween terrorist will never get out of jail unless there's... <laughs> Unless, uh, unless something happens in the judicial system that shouldn't, but presumably he will never get out of jail. And hopefully the Port Authority terrorist won't get out of jail either. But he admits, Ula admits that he was inspired by the Halloween terrorist as well as ISIS and as well as in particular ISIS's call for terrorists to um, attack New York during the holidays. So now let's go to the terrorist therapist letters to the terrorist therapist portion of the show. Uh, and we have a letter, or I should say an email, and I'll be giving you, I'll tell you how you can send me uh, email notes and ask questions or uh, just get in touch with me, and I will read your questions on the show as well. So um, Pat from Santa Fe, New Mexico, says, hey, terrorist therapist, I was planning to take my family to New York City for the holidays, but after the Halloween attack and the Port Authority subway attack, I'm wondering whether it's safe. I don't want anyone in my family to get hurt, but my kids want to shop in the fancy stores, and my wife wanted a romantic evening in Times Square for New Year's Eve. What should I do? Well, Pat, you know, I generally tell people uh, to not change their plans, to um, not let terrorists direct our lives. Uh, 
But also, of course, you have to weigh each time and each situation on its own. So uh, if, and to weigh the uniqueness of it. In other words, will you ever, would you ever be able to go to New York City another year? Of course, of course, in this uh, example, uh, I don't know that there's, that, that New York City <laughs> or Times Square in particular is going to be getting any safer as the years go on. So that could be an argument for going now. <laughs> Plus, you know, there is a ton, a ton of security. And I'm sure this year there will be more than ever because of these two terrorist incidents, Halloween and the Port Authority that just happened. Um, the, the Thanksgiving, Macy's Thanksgiving Parade went off without a hitch and that was pretty amazing. Um, so the security was obviously really good. Now, you also have to weigh whether your family would be really, really disappointed. Uh, you know, is this on your bucket list? and you want to make sure that you get it done sooner rather than later? Is the family going to be really disappointed? Is there not any place else in the world um, that they would be just as happy to go to than Times Square on New Year's Eve? Uh, I'm sure you can find someplace else super romantic too, but Times Square, I've been to Times Square on New Year's Eve <laughs> before 9-11, and um, it is very exciting. It is sort of the ultimate thing to do. Uh, I mean, there are lots of other things that are lovely and romantic, too. But certainly, I understand why you would want and your wife would want to do that. Now, um, there is, of course, you know, if you see something, say something. There are things you can do yourself to look out for your own security. Um, and of course, you need to you need to uh, be very careful with your kids, and in terms of holding on to them even tighter than you normally do. I don't know. You didn't say the ages of your kids, but um, but you, whatever their age, you need to make sure that they're next to you all the time. Except maybe on New Year's Eve with your wife, but then they then they need to be someplace super safe with someone you trust, uh, looking over them, watching them, protecting them. So, um, I, uh, you know, so in the end, it's up to you, and you can use all of these kinds of things to think about and to determine whether, whether you want to take that chance. I mean, even if they're, other than, other than Times Square on New Year's Eve, just being in New York City during the holidays, I mean, New York City, I'm, I'm from New York City, I love New York City, you know, they say you can take the girl out of New York City, but you can't take New York City out of the girl. That is absolutely true. And in fact, that's why I became the terrorist therapist, because after 9-11, I have been devoting my life to helping families uh, keep calm and carry on, because this is what I think is the most important thing that I, as a psychiatrist, can do for my country. So, so you know, you, you need to... So, there are other things that you can enjoy in New York City and, and the chances of you being in the particular spot, again, other than Times Square on New Year's Eve, you being in the particular spot where if there is a terrorist attack, the attack will take place is not very likely. So with that, um, I will give you the, so I'll give you some, um, some websites that you can go to for more information. You can check out my website, which is www.terroristtherapist.com.
www.terroristtherapist.com, terroristtherapist.com. And my book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror, which pet I suggest you buy for your kids before you go to New York so that, uh, you know, they're not afraid of a boogeyman coming out. So they understand what a terrorist is, why they want to um, hurt us. And there's a half of the first half of the book is for grown-ups. So you learn how to talk to your kids about terrorism and learn how to recognize symptoms of psychological distress for terrorism. And um, I give, provide grown-ups with 88 things that they can do to make their kids more resilient. And that's for, for parents and grandparents and teachers. And one of the things, uh, or two of the things I recommend, are the 9-11 museums in Manhattan. You know, that would be a wonderful thing for you to do and a wonderful way um, as part of the introduction to terrorism and, and uh, uh, to, to bring them. It's a little, it's, it's a little, you might, not, you might not go to both museums in one day. I mean, it's hard, you really, each museum needs, needs more than a day to appreciate it. But, um, but that would be something, uh, maybe you could take in one of the museums. Anyhow, that's one thing that you could do. One of the things I recommend in my book um, to help kids understand what terrorism is all about, uh, you know, which is a lot better than they're hearing about these things on television or the radio or the internet and being confused and upset uh, if, if grown-ups aren't talking to them about it. Um, I also, the second half of the book is, the, uh, is a picture book for kids. It's the first and only book uh, about terrorism for kids. And that is something that you can read with them and go over with them and um, in bite-sized pieces. And it will, you know, that will help to make this trip to New York, if you do go, a lot more, a lot calmer because they know what it's all about in a way that's not scary. So again, oh, so yes, I, I gave out my website, terroristtherapist.com, and the website and, and the book, you can buy um, wherever books are sold, you know, brick and mortar stores and online. And perhaps the easiest, most efficient way is through the publisher's website. And that is www.terrorismforkids, terrorism, the number four, kids.com. So um, I, will be, I will be talking to you again before Christmas. It'll be interesting to see whether there are, are any more attacks in this next week, but um, let's hope that they're not. Let's hope that uh, let's hope that um, would-be terrorists, wannabe terrorists who are being inspired by ISIS are realizing that uh, perhaps even if they don't get killed when they're uh, attacked, whether it's a truck or a, an improvised um, device, you know, doesn't blow up all the way and you get burnt the most, um, you know, that, that there's no happy ending. <laughs> if, well, I mm -hmm. the happier ending really is, uh, again, most of the suicide bombers want to die because, or at least part of them wants to die because then they become a martyr. But even if they live, um, now they're alive and they're going to be in jail for life. And um, perhaps, you know, they will be an inspiration because they got their 15 minutes of fame. But hopefully, 
other wannabe terrorists will think twice. So thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist.